Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Karen Kopp from Kopp Consulting. Karen has helped thousands of business owners and salespeople secure initial meetings and high-level decision makers in almost every major company. She is a nationally recognized speaker and an expert in business development. I also know that Karen is very humble because she did not include this in her write-up to me, but Karen has actually a published author and she has been featured on the Wall Street Journal's morning radio show. Welcome, Karen. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Karen, you have been a role model for many years, and I have been friends and served with you on boards, and I've also been in entrepreneurs uh, organization in a forum together, and every day with you is a wow in that you're always so giving and helping other people. But, you know, sometimes in business, we're so busy in growing successful businesses that we don't slow down enough, and I thought today would be fun for each of us to sort of go back and, as they say, tell our story. And you have experience, you have done so much in your life, but what led you to the sales and the entrepreneurial journey that you began many years ago and have taken to a high level? Well, uh, actually, and we are in the Mutual Admiration Society because you have done so much for so many people, too. And talk about humble because you didn't even talk about that in, in your opening. So important that I tell everybody that as well. Uh, the entrepreneurial journey and, and the sales journey is, is kind of interesting because I did not want to go into sales and I did not want to be an entrepreneur because that's what my father did. I wanted to do something different than what he did so successfully. And all roads led me back here. No matter what I tried to do in my life, <laughs> it all roads led me back here. So I am in sales and I am an entrepreneur just like he was, no matter what. And I think it, it has to do with uh, certainly DNA for sure. I mean, sales is, is something that comes very easily to me. It's, it's not work. It's really just talking to people and helping them. Uh, that's really what sales is about. And uh, I remember from the earliest stages, I think I was in middle school, um, home economics, and I made a pinky pillow. Um, I, of course, I wouldn't follow the pattern like everybody else was doing. That's just not how I do things. <laughs> Um, so I made my own pinky pillow, and the tagline was for tired pinkies. And that was during the age of the um, mood rings and pet rocks, and I had the pinky pillow. And so it went from there to having a business when I was in college. I sold um, neckties uh, two times a year. One was at the holidays, and the other one was right around um, interview and Father's Day time period. And um, that's where I first experienced the joy of having other people work for me. So I would have other people selling the neckties, and I was in class making money while they were doing the work. And I thought, huh, there's something to this. I, I think I like this. <laughs> and uh, and then I was, went into a... Um, a sales training program with Sylvania after school, although I did that because all the other jobs had, that I wanted were taken, and as just like I said, all roads led me to sales, and it was a wonderful experience, a great training program, and my entire career has been sales uh, and or uh, consumer packaged goods brand management, 
business development and then the start of the business, which was, was really more about what comes so easily to me that so many other business owners and business leaders out there need desperately, which is someone to help them get in the door for the first meeting with their important prospects. That is so true, and I've I've seen you so successfully do that and, and execute that for so many companies. But but then there's another side of you. What were some of the challenges of building this successful company and being a mom? Because I know that you have raised two very successful young adults who now are out on their own, but there was a journey, and I remember watching you throughout the years. What is it like for some of the moms who are going through that? And, and you also um, worked from your home, so you were you were in the thick of it and building a company at the same time. Can you share mm-hmm. with some some other women out there who are probably in the thick of it now? Sure. Well, it it started with an idea that many people needed, so that is the foundation of an a successful, long-lasting business is to sell something that people will pay to have. So that's that's the first piece of it. And there is enough of an addressable market out there of people who wanted what I had to give. Uh, when I started the business, uh, my, I think Jason was going into the threes in nursery school and Jamie was going into kindergarten. And, of course, now they're out of college. And... Um, so interestingly enough that I decided I was only going to work the 15 hours that my youngest was in nursery school with no exceptions. And I said no to a lot of things in those early years. I think that was before you and I knew each other. And um, and it was hard to say no. It really was hard to say no. But I had to think about what I could do to maximize billable time and mil- minimize administrative time in order to make the most of the 15 hours. And I remember I I had one client who, when a call needed to be made to one of her prospects outside of those 15 hours where I said no exceptions, she would come to my house and watch my kids, and I would go into the office (laughs) to make a call (laughs) or two (laughs) for her. Uh, I remember a time where I was making prospect calls and um, my son was home sick, and although the office door was locked, didn't matter. He found a way to get in anyway, and uh, it's it's difficult uh, when they're home, when they're sick, but it can be wonderful to be able to compartmentalize your life and have a business that pays nice money, provides others with the help that they really need, and allows you to be with your children when your children need you most. So um, from that standpoint, it was very fulfilling. The frustrating side was I had a lot of people coming to me asking me to do more work, and I didn't have more time. So when that happened, when I had more clients than time available, I had to make a decision. Do I hire a low-level person and train them and manage them and fire them if necessary and then do it all again? Or do I hire a senior-level person like I was and hand that person a project, that person would know what to do, and then I wouldn't have to go through all of the training and the managing and all of that. So that is what I chose to do, uh, born out of the fact that I didn't have any more time. And so I hired a senior-level person, paid that person a lot of money, but that person was incredibly successful for my client. That opened up my capacity and became my business model, uh, where today I have uh, 27 people, 19 of them 
are these senior-level door openers where I hand them a project and they know what to do. And and what a great model because the other thing that that did for you is it kind of maintained the reputation and the level that you wanted. So that was probably a, a great business decision. But your company is actually very unique in that the flexibility for not only you but for the people that work for you, you are actually work all remotely. And that's sort of an extra challenge in the other aspect. So can you tell the listeners how you deal with all this and how you make sure that you're a strong culture for all these different people? I kind of know what you've done and I'm impressed, but I think it would be really helpful to share how you've done this to build such a strong culture and from different locations and sort of a, a model for where the world is currently going. It is, and it provides people who want a different kind of work and lifestyle to have this. And it starts with the onboarding, really, of the kinds of people who are productive at home, who can work at home and and produce an enormous amount. And that's what these people were when we went out looking for them. I mean, most of, well, everybody who works for us has a minimum of 10 years' experience in business development, but most have more like 15 or 20, and the majority have been corporate decision makers too. So this is a very senior group of people to begin with, and many of them had been working remotely before, so they knew what that was about. It wasn't really an enormous, difficult transition for them. Uh, But in order to keep them tied to home base, and I didn't have the time to talk to everybody all the time, we have project managers who are talking to our people once a week typically and making sure that they have the finger on the pulse of, of anything, issues that are brewing or opportunities and things like that, and then report back to our head of programs who reports to me. And I think that's an important piece of it is to tie everybody uh, together, at least to one other person, if you can't tie them to everybody all the time. And and what a niche it seems like. You know, the cliche is life and family work and balance, and they always say that doesn't exist, but it sounds like you came as close as you could to helping that exist in many ways of giving really very talented individuals an ability to continue to do what they love and yet balance that with maybe some of their other desires. So kudos to you. I think that's great. Thank you. And it's very true. Like we have, One of our door openers is married to a retired police officer, and she wanted to have four-day weekends. Well, you can't get that in corporate, but you can get that here. One of our other door openers wanted to go to Italy for three months and live there. And she said, do you think I could do that and keep my job? I said, why not? As long as you have a clear phone line and your productivity is where it needs to be and the results, why why not do that? So it gives uh, this entire group of people who want to have a slightly different kind of lifestyle the ability to make good money, contribute something incredibly important, and to have the life they want, which is exactly what I had when my kids were little, and I'm able to create that for others. It's such a, it's such a gift, Karen, and, and you know it's funny because I think – you have been doing this for so many years, and yet now it's such a um, a desired and, and demanded in society today. So you were really cutting edge before um, I think it was the in thing to do. So congratulations on, on your part. I think that Thank so many you. of us, when we had children, we had to create that. And at, at right now, I think in, in society today, it's become a gift. 
I would love to just finish up with one piece of advice that you would give other women looking to start their own business. And I know that you're a giver and you were so generous to say, you know, if women want to even reach out, they could. But what would be one piece of advice that you would give a woman who's who's thinking, wow, she's listening to your journey today and thinking, I have talents and I have a real passion for something that I would love to start. What What would be a suggestion that you would give her? Yeah, so I think I'm going to buck the system as I usually do, and I'm going to give two pieces of advice. You go for it. One I already (laughs) gave before, but I'm going to reiterate, and then I'll add something new. The, The biggest piece of advice I would give to women who are looking to start their own businesses is to make sure you're selling something that enough people are going to pay to have. There's a lot of business owners who come up with a wonderful idea, really wonderful idea, but not enough people will pay to have it. It's a nice to have. If you're going to spend your time and your energy, make sure you're selling something that people will pay to have. So that that was the first thing. But I talked about that already before. The second thing is um, it kind of goes off some advice that I got from somebody who was uh, wonderful in a particular, like gifted in a particular art. And I said to that person one day, how is it that you get to be so very good at what you do? And he said to me, it's easy. I just don't do anything I'm not good at. So that's my second piece of advice, especially if your business is going to focus around a talent of yours. Make sure that you're only doing what what you're good at, and it, because life is so much easier when when you're really living in your sweet spot. That that is huge, and um, I know today you have just been um, so transparent and so giving in. Um, kind of sharing your journey and and I can't thank you enough for for joining us and all that you've done and also if you want to share I know that you want to share your maybe website or email if people wanted to kind of read I know you've written so many articles and you've published a book and I'd be glad to share that with some of our listeners yeah if people want to check out what I've been up to you can go to my website which is copconsultingusa.com k-o-p-p consulting USA.com. There's a blog there as well, especially for people who are starting their own businesses. If they need to know anything about sales, I've probably written about it. (laughs) You sure have. And I have taken much of your advice over the years, so thank you. And thanks for joining us today, Karen. Thank you. And thanks for our listeners for tuning in today's episode, Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or podcast app or follow us on SoundCloud. Podbean and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.